Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Ad Lloyd. Griefcast is a place to talk, share, and laugh about the peculiar human process of death and grief. Each week, I talk to a different person about their experiences of grief and death as we remember someone that they have lost along the way, whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club. Welcome to Griefcast. Hey Griefsters, I hope you're having an okay week. I know we are very close to the holiday festive Christmas time if you celebrate. So if that is really shit for you, I'm so sorry. I hope you're doing I hope you're doing as okay as you can be. Sometimes it's just shit and there's nothing we can do but just get through it. As I mentioned a while ago, Julia Samuel has been sharing some amazing stuff on Instagram about getting through the holiday season. Um, so my heart goes to you if you're feeling awful right now. And remember, as I say every week, it counts if I say at the beginning or the end you are not alone this is the last episode of this season thank you so much for your amazing comments and your brilliant rates and reviews that you've done and your lovely tweets and instagrams I hugely hugely appreciate it it is only possible that I get to do this show thanks to people listening to it and and just responding so amazingly and I know we've had such an amazing season of guests and I will be back next year at some point um I'm not entirely sure when (laughs) I will be so just follow at the Griefcast on Twitter and Instagram I will announce when we have the new series ready to go but until then thank you so much for listening this week I'm talking to the incredible Yersa Daly Ward. Yersa is a writer, a model, an actor. Uh, she's also a poet. Um, she's also known for working with Beyonce on the Black is King musical film that uh, Beyonce made, which is incredible if you haven't seen it. She has a new book out called The How, Notes on the Great Work of Meeting Yourself, uh, which is really, really beautiful. I, I really recommend it, especially if you're feeling, I don't know, a bit like how am I going to get through the next year? <laughs> what What do I want? Who am I? Um, it's that sort of book, but it's written so beautifully. And um, yeah, it's, it's very heartfelt and thoughtful. I really enjoyed reading it. 
Yasa spoke to me about two griefs she'd experienced, her mum, who passed away 14 years ago, and her grandmother, who passed away this year. Congratulations, it is a beautiful book. Oh my goodness, I felt like... I felt like I wanted to frame it. I was like, this isn't a book you just like shove in your bag. I felt, I was like, this is a beautiful thing. Like this needs to be, I want to be sat like on, you know, some rolling hills with like a scone or something. Oh. Like, this this deserves like a, a, yeah, not, I was like reading it on the tube and I was like, this doesn't, like this is too nice to be reading on the tube. But yeah, congratulations. Thank you. That is so lovely. That's praise indeed. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, good. So, um, yeah, so who are we remembering today? Well, you know, it's funny, Carrier, because I, when you, when I initially knew I was coming on here, it, there was no question it was my mother, um, which mm. has been, you know, that was the most significant loss of my life. Um, and then in April, my grandma passed away. And that was, oh, that was, that was, yeah, and that was interesting too, but in a completely different way. So I think it, yeah. it I think it is my mother that I'm going to talk about. But yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting because you think of your grandmother's kind of the mother of the mother, and then it set mm. off this all of these thoughts that I've just been, you know, when I write, I think about it quite a lot. So was that your mum's mum? It was. It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's an interesting. Like yes, Very... lost the parent. And then that next, the older generation who normally people would not lose in that order. So for sure, yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. Um, so what was your, what was your mum's name? My mum's name was Marcia, Marcia Daly Marcia. Ward. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. And how long ago was it that she passed away? You know what? It's been, and it's so funny because people ask me this and I always get stuck on this sort of 11 years, but it's actually more like... It's actually 13 years now. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny how the, the, the years just go on and there you are, mm. still with this memory sort of sort of crisp and intact in, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I found 20 very significant. Like that for yes. me was like, I couldn't. And now when people say, how long is it is? I'm like, oh, it's 20 something. Like that's irrelevant to me. I just know that the 20 was like a real kind of like, felt like my skin burnt off again and I had to kind of re-grieve a lot of stuff mm. and so now I'm like god hap 23 20 I'm like I've but 20 was so important you know yeah so yeah I can relate to like these significant numbers that you don't know why sort of drop in your field of grief almost don't they and and like as if they're like really there you can see that number and you're like wow that's all I can see is that's, 11 or 13. that's so true and I think it's really interesting that you said you know, after that 20 years, a different you is grieving. So it's almost mm. like you have to re-grieve as the person you yeah. are it, it, yeah. because it changes. Uh, and, and maybe what you miss or what you feel has been lost changes as well, according to your needs at the time. Definitely, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I think, I mean, they, they call it, it's sort of known as secondary griefs is the technical ah. term which is like obviously you grieve the person and there's all that other stuff around it like maybe you grieve the loss of like uh, you know having a home to go back to mm. or like and I think that's what as you get older the secondary griefs change like yeah. you said your needs change and so new things arrive 
that you're like, oh, I didn't think I'd be bothered about that. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm bothered about that. And other stuff that used to matter so much, you're like, oh, yeah, I've got used to that not being there. Yeah. So um, how old were you when she died? So I was 22 when my mum died. Oh, that's young. And that's really young. It was such a, a weird experience that it was, it was such a weird experience. And, and for, for so many reasons, um, so many reasons, I was... I was actually engaged. <laughs> I was engaged wow. when my mum died, yeah. Uh, and I remember one of the last conversations I had with my mum being about this engagement and how I felt about it. And then I didn't end up marrying the man. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's interesting, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, what the person they were talking to then. I and mean, obviously, I mean obviously as anyone listens to the show knows like grief changes you so fundamentally so yeah so you were 22 what did she die of so my mum died of breast cancer which she was battling for for a really I want to say I want to say it was probably getting on to eight years something like that um she she was in remission and then it came back and it was strange because when she when she died, she actually was in a hospice. But whether or not it was Sue not not really wanting to believe it, it was still a shock when it happened because mm. she'd been to that hospice before and pulled through. So when it right, when it yeah. happened, we were like, ooh, it it was just a, a huge. I, I think shock is a, a strange word for it because it was much more more sort of gentle but absolute you know yeah 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 it's funny isn't it because I've spoken to so many people and and even though somebody you know you get the extreme end of it which is you know a phone call in the middle of the night someone has no idea and obviously that's very shocking but even all of us who've had to deal with cancer or terminal illness even Mm. though you know it's still a shock (laughs) it's still a shock because the, the the crossover point of alive to dead you can you you know sometimes people say to me oh I'm already grieving you know they're not dead yet but I, f- I feel like I'm prepared for it and I think it's so different because it's so fine that once the door is really closed like that's a whole different world it's it just, really is it, it just is so and I'm not also, surprised that you were shocked yeah and we 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 sort of grieve in layers as well, don't we? The, the body does so much to kind of mm. protect you at certain times. Like with my mum, it was me who did, did the funeral and everything. I'm the only g- yeah. girl and I'm the, <laughs> the one that my mum sort of left as the executor. I have an older brother and a younger wow. brother. But my mum was like, yes, I will, you know, <laughs> yes, we'll make sure everything, everything is, oh, thanks, is done. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but something about that just... It, it was good for me because I had to worry about, you know, finding the coffin that I thought was right. And I had to worry about the, the catering, you know, in um, yeah. in black, and particularly like Jamaican funerals, the food matters, you know? Yes. So I was like, OK, <laughs> yeah. where are we going to get a jerk chicken from? Who's going to do the rice and peas? But there was something about that that pulled me up and through it because I had mm. to uh, do all that. And I... You know, I kind of thank God for that because I didn't. Yeah. You know, I, 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 of course, was grieving, but it was, it was a very like roll your sleeves up and get on with it. It was me and my grandma actually, who, wow. who did the whole thing. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Did you speak at the funeral? 
at the funeral, I did not speak, which is mm. is odd for me because of poetry and everything like that. But I, yeah. I didn't. And I'm glad I didn't want to. I wanted to be there. And we were at the mm. front. And yeah, I was just soaking it all in. Her best friend spoke and it was really beautiful. And yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I needed to just be there in it and to, to say goodbye in that way. And also to sit next to my little brother who was only 17. So, oh, so yeah. yeah, I just wanted to be present. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, oh God, it's, yeah. I mean, 22 is really young, 17, I mean, it's all young. You're really not, you're not in adulthood yet, I would say. You're sort of emerging, aren't you, at 22? Yeah, very much, and, yeah. And were you writing at that point? Like, did she know that you wanted to write poetry and stuff like that? Absolutely. My mum was just such a champion of everything like that. And it's really her. I mean, she's the reason that I learned to read at such a young age. Uh, she read wow. with me. She read with me when I was. I, I had a, a, st- a strong reading ability and sort of facility with language at like two and a half, three, which wow. was which was unheard of. And it was because she read to me from being a baby, and so I could recognize words and and start yeah, to piece yeah. things together. And but that's why I'm a writer. It's it's all I've ever thought of. I've done other things as I got older, but that that's been the thing that that means the most to me and the way I communicate. What um if you don't mind me asking, what happened with you said the engagement broke yes. off? Like did what happened? Is it kind of did you feel the grief sort of it, ricocheted between that relationship? This is gonna sound so strange, but I knew it wasn't going to work out. And my last mm. conversation with my mom, she was in the hospice and we were on the phone. And I was, it was that kind of conversation. Where I was like, oh, mom, I don't really know about this because we're, me and him are so different. And I, I just, I, I don't know. My mom said, well, you know, you can, you can teach him this and you can just think, and I don't really, I'm not sure that I want to do that. <laughs> but I mean, he was wonderful, a really incredible yeah. person, but it just wasn't right. And I was, I was 22, you know, and that, that last conversation was me just like sounding it out with her and, and talking about it. But I, I knew, but something about my mum dying, I'm sure we'll get to this. It did something to me. It made me, mm. there was the grief of it and there was the horror of it. And, and it was so hard for so many years, but it gave me a fearlessness an absolute mm. fearlessness and I knew that I could end that relationship and it wouldn't be the end because I knew that I could do anything uh, what she yeah. she told me in in dying was that life is so short she was just 50 life yeah. life is so short so just do the thing that you you sort of need to do and want to do and if you feel something isn't right as much as you might love that person you don't have to stay I knew it in the instant uh, and 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 that's how I lived my life after she was gone. I went off to live in South Africa for a bit. Nothing, there was nothing to keep me there, mm. you know, apart from like my little brother. There, I just felt like I could go for anything I wanted to. Mm. Yeah, we've, that's come up a lot on the show of like this weird, like, not, not quite drive, but this thing that happens to you after a death yeah. where you said you become fearless. You do. Because what's the worst that can fucking happen it's <laughs> like, so true you just you're like and I was in um uh, I remember well actually no I, I wasn't in a relationship when my dad died I was only 15 and um 
then I remember breaking up with someone, a sort of significant relationship a few years later, and he was very upset. And I just couldn't fathom it because I was like, but I'm not dead. And I was so harsh. <laughs> and I remember my, my friends being like, yeah, but he's upset me. But like, yeah, but we're not dead. Like to me, I was like, yes, this is sad. Yes, this is not what we want, but we're not dead. Like that is, once you've seen death up close, it's just, sure. like you said, it just makes everything else just seem very simple it's like either this is good or it's not and I shouldn't be doing it but it's it's hard when you're in that space isn't it because like the rest of the world is like whoa I'm not I'm not in that intense space (laughs) that you're living in it's true it's true it does put things into perspective doesn't it and I suppose Mm. if you're going through it it can seem very extreme to somebody else but it's like come on you know it's not the end we'll just keep (laughs) you know we'll do all these wild things and it'll be fine yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And in some ways I can I think that when you when you have sort of weathered really difficult things like this it is it becomes easier for me I'll just speak from my experience not to sweat mm. that small stuff. Mm. Um just because you know what what's really at stake here and and how many things can exist in a in a life and how important it is to 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 use your life you know wield Mm. wield it and do something wonderful with it yeah definitely and I think you know when somebody like you said 50 is so young it's just it does give you that oh fuck it (laughs) I can't think of a more eloquent way to put it (laughs) I'm sure you could yes uh, my extent of my vocabulary limits to fuck it because it's just yeah it's I mean, obviously, it's, you know, it's sad when it, when people die. It's sad and it's sad when older people die. But there is something about a life not lived, a life cut short, you know, not getting to that bit. Did you, um, did you speak to your grandma about it a lot? How was she able to communicate? Was she very, how, how was her grief? Oh, wow, my grandma was, my goodness, my grandma was the, one of the most stoic Jamaican grandmas ever I never saw my grandma cry my I saw my grandma bury two children and one sister so she buried my mum she buried my mum's brother and and she buried her sister and my grandma just stood there and was getting on with just it's so strange and I didn't used to have any reference for it and used to think god she's like she's so she's so hard and so it's so great so regal and so hard Mm. and then I found myself like sort of in my in my thirties now, sort of emulating some some of my grandma's behaviour, and I'm like, I never thought I was like this, but there is a resilience that she had. I mean, I'm not <laughs> nowhere near, but there's a resilience that she had. That I mean, she raised me for a big section of my life as well. I will say that they, they raised me. My grandparents raised me from six to about eleven or twelve, and wow. I got so much from them. They were very strict Seventh-day Adventists. It was like religious fundamentalist belief. And yeah, very Jamaican and very tough. And Mm. yeah, I used to think I was nothing like them, but it's not true at all. As I get older, (laughs) I get more and more. (laughs) More and more. What what have you noticed? Is there something you do and you're like, oh my God, that's my grandma. I had so many things. It's so strange. So I used to be quite messy. I used to be messy up until I would say about two years ago. And then I, I don't like to have things out of place. My grandma <laughs> could cook better than anybody I know. And now 
I realize I don't cook a lot for myself. I'm in and out. But when there's a lot of people there, or when I have just one other person in, I, I am cooking from morning, noon and night, like <laughs> going out, buying herbs, buying like, I don't, I don't know who I am. I'm buying like <laughs> herbs from the market and being like, oh, I, I wonder what I'll do with this. I might do something with these bay leaves to that. Like, who is that? I don't even... I thought I didn't know how to cook, but it's just something that just appeared. And also yeah. my, my grandma and my mum's love for flowers and nature, which sprung up inside me about like three to four years ago. And it's, it's yeah. insane. Yeah. It's so strange, isn't it? It's it so is. strange. It really I mean, is. It's, it's just part of getting older. My friend mm. said the other day, she was like, she's a bit younger than me and another friend and we were discussing gardening in depth and what we'd planted and my friend just looked at us both and was like when does it happen like what age am I gonna get we were like oh I think past 35 I think it just but it's not true for everybody obviously but yeah this way that like you said you I guess it's part of maturing isn't it and when you have lost somebody but when you've lost that person it becomes a bit more heightened maybe because you don't have them to rebel against or be like, oh, I'm not like you. So you start, yeah. you sort of flourish into it a little bit more. You're like, oh yeah, that's what they did. I I get to do that now. Like it's yeah. a sort of bittersweetness to it maybe. That's so true. You do, And I'm learning to love it. This this thing that the women in my family who have now gone, have. it's, it's almost like they've left something in me. And, I, mm. you know, at times when I feel lonely or... You feel far away because I'm the only one of my family living all the way in New York. It gives me a lot of comfort that this mm. is a thing and this is actually a thing from my mum or this is a thing from my grandma who I thought I wasn't that close to. Yeah, yeah. How did you... Um, so how did you find sort of processing the grief through your 20s? Like, Oof. You know, was oh. <laughs> I, th- I think I must have tried every single way to to to... To feel it and not feel it is strange because I am not someone who hides from my emotions, but I do, but I do hide them. You know, mm. so it's a, it's a it's a tricky thing. Sometimes I'll I'll know how I feel about something, but not necessarily express it, and that's that's because of I mean that's because of so many reasons. My family were like that. I I'm just mm. like that. <laughs> I was brought up in England, you know, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. all those all of those things, but. I mean, there were there were some moments, especially with my mum, and I felt so alone in the world, mm. so alone in the world when she when she passed. And I mean, I'm I'm so grateful, kind of even for those feelings now, because it, as as you've said on this podcast before, thing things like the commonality of pain between humans, mm. those are the things that bind us together you know yeah 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 yeah. it's um yeah it's a big question because I like I I can't really remember what I did with my grief in my 20s I just know I struggled with it a a lot um and it's just that yeah like you're just sort of carrying it aren't you and and that's it how did you feel because this is I'm only asking other guests have talked about this that as you did well as things started you know you become a a writer you don't want to be a writer you are a writer and people are celebrating (laughs) your work how was that when you're sort of becoming the person that they didn't get to see it's so funny that you would ask me that because very even now and even though I think 
I, I feel really good when I think about my mum and I would say for the most part it's it's a positive feeling you know even in the grief it's like a positive feeling when I think about her now there are those days and I think oh my god I wish she was here to see this mm. like oh my god I wish there was somebody old like an older woman to to speak yeah. to and and that just that just makes me that moves me to action that just makes me think oh, okay maybe I need older women in my life as so many things you know as mentors and family is really important in a way that I'm only just starting to 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 understand and again it's a kind of a maturity thing but yeah there are there are, and there are so many ways in which in in which even her behaviour, like some of her behaviours are just so clear to me. that Things that I didn't understand when I was younger and did not, I didn't have a place in which to put it. Now mm. I do because I'm, I'm, I'm nearing that age that, that she was at when I was a kid. And I'm, so yeah. I'm the age now that I remember my mum being, you know, in the height of the motherhood. Yeah. And that is so interesting for the brain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 how how are you feeling that then as you like you said I know exactly what you mean when you say like the height of motherhood my mum was also yeah like the age of, I am now and I yeah. remember being a mum and doing all month and that like they're the center of your world aren't they and yeah you, you know they're yeah. the sun and you do whatever they say and and then you slowly get older and you're like hang on a minute <laughs> hang on a minute um but yeah how is that do you have a sort of, I wonder what it's like because your life is obviously so different to where she was at that point. It really like how is. You... Well, it does, it also makes me think if my mum were alive, would mm. I have done things differently? And the truth is yes. The truth yeah. is yes. There are, there are some things that would have meant more to me, mm. I think, having a mother to see it. And now yeah. it's not that, oh, it's terrible because she's not here and I don't get to see it. I don't, I don't get to experience it with her. I, I tend to look at it as this. It's, um, okay, so she's not here. So now I do something slightly different. And it's just like a, yeah. I guess, like, a, par- like a, a parallel line. But I think, especially when it comes to celebration, I've had to get really good at mothering myself in terms mm. of really when something happens, if I have, like, a career milestone unfortunately it's really easy for me to be like okay and on to the next and not really sit in not sit in it and not celebrate because I think well there's no one to celebrate with so you know so recently I've had to say oh no you're going to do this because (laughs) because and even if it's just you even if it's just you and you I do something actually and I will say even though I'm not amazing at celebrating yet I do do this and I have done this since my mum died every year on her birthday which is June the 25th I do something so even if I have to even before I was a writer I do something so decadent so it'll be (laughs) like a spa day or I'll buy myself a beautiful coat or I'll do something that I really would have wanted to gift my mum with because growing up we didn't have a lot of money and you know my mum didn't didn't have those things that I would have liked her to have and so I do something for myself believing that in a way she's in me that is just so luxurious (laughs) you know and of 
according to scale, you know, according, <laughs> yeah, yeah. according to what I can do at the time. But yeah, I do, I do something decadent. And I'm just like, yes, Marcia would love this. So this is what I'm going to do. And it's every 20, whether it's staying in a hotel, whatever, yeah. you know. And yeah, every June the 25th, that happens. I think that's so nice. And I'm, I do, because like on the, on the Griefcast Twitter, people often get in touch and they're like, oh, I've got an anniversary coming up, or but like, what should I do? And my advice is always like, either do something that makes you massively happy or do something that you think they would have liked. Like, that's the yes. only way you're going to enjoy it. And then people often, you know, I'll retweet it and everyone's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, just whatever you think they would have loved to do. And I can understand it's quite hard when you're at the beginning of the journey to think, oh, it would be so sad because they won't be there. But eventually, yeah, there's a kind of, the way you're describing it, it's a kind of like joy to it of doing something you think, oh, they would have loved this. Like, yeah. and, and here I am doing it because... Because I'm still here, I'm still alive, yeah. so there's no point me acting like I don't breathe, like I do. So let's at least, yeah, I think that's amazing to do something <laughs> really mothery and decadent. I think that's lovely because it is, it's, you know, obviously mothers and fathers, and I know it's a very gendered idea, and obviously we're moving into a point where that, that doesn't seem so relevant, but the idea of losing that mother voice in your life and losing like you said mm. someone to celebrate things I think is really important to acknowledge and and I've had that with you know losing the the dad side in my life yeah. and it's just different energy it's not you know and obviously some people might have a dad who feels more like a mum or what you know it doesn't it's just t- the only terms we currently have um, yes yeah. but I think it's really yeah that's really important to 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 try and sprinkle some joy into these into this what is sadness but there's nothing you can do about the sadness so So you know you have to kind of find your way to to hold the sadness and that's why i mean it's not like sweep away the sadness it's not like oh Mm. we're absolutely happy you're Mm -hmm. not but it's just trying to yeah do something that you think yeah they would have they would have liked this and it's such a nice idea to get to the point where you can do that you know and you can make yourself do that i think that's so important that's such a healthy way of dealing with it yeah, and it's at the moment. It's yeah, I do more on that day than I do on my own birthday. But yeah, I, it's 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 interesting what you said. Yeah, because sadness is not it's not just one thing. It can be part of a larger experience that can be yeah. actually quite beautiful. Hey, folks! I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this out. Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. That, I think, is the biggest lesson of grief I've had to learn, that I always saw it as either I'm fine or I'm sad. Either I'm weeping and it's awful or I'm fine. And and understanding, like, it isn't that simple. Like, that's not how brains work. That's not how grief works. Like, you said sometimes you can be sad and you start laughing or you can be having a really joyful moment but you feel that sudden, like, oh, gosh, like, they're not here and then it passes. It's just trying to let whatever is there be there and not, I guess, give it labels. But it's hard not to because it's confusing. And it's such a rich, rich tapestry. I remember mm. in the in the church hall, like so I'd instructed the uh, the funeral director. Director, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, what to do. And, you know, um, in the church, I didn't want the casket to be open. So traditionally, like, at our funerals, you open the casket at the end and then everybody just peels through and just takes one last look or, you know, like pats them or just like, just looks at them and just says that bye. But <laughs> for some reason, the funeral um God, the, no, it's not the undertaker, it is the funeral director. The yeah, funeral yeah. director opened the casket halfway through the ceremony. And I, for some reason, I do not know why, I was like saying, get it, close it back. <laughs> I was like, close it back. And it just, I found the whole thing so hilarious. It, I was like doubled with grief. But like, yeah. I just found that I could not stop. Like, I was like almost <laughs> crying. I was just creased up in front of the church being like, close the casket. And my mum was just lying there. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, this is, this is hilarious. And I still don't know why it was so funny, but it just was. It's just, <laughs> we talked about this a lot on the show, obviously, because, you know, I do a lot of comedy. And I think, partly it is like a, re- a release you know your body yeah. is just like oh I- I'd like a break from crying yeah. so it like grabs onto the laughter but also it's sometimes like things are funny things like are. you know what I mean <laughs> things are funny just because it's a funeral doesn't things don't stop being funny like the world doesn't <laughs> behave itself like people still fall over they still say the wrong thing <laughs> they get names wrong you know they play the wrong song like that and that you're just in this position where you're supposed to be so composed that I think it just becomes like a school assembly doesn't it it's like yeah. you're not meant to laugh so then it becomes even funnier because you're like I'm supposed to be looking very noble and dignified right now but I'm I'm not I'm laughing because I'm like close her casket <laughs> get it oh, bless you I've told you shut it shut it yeah oh my goodness um so what was your grandma's name let's make sure we get her so my grandma's name was Adina Daly Adina yeah That's beautiful I have that middle name my name is Yusa oh. Adina Daly Ward yeah and she she, I mean, she was in her 90s. She was wow. 96 uh, wow, when she my passed. Goodness. Great innings, right? 96 yeah. when she passed uh, in April. Yeah. So were you in New York when she passed? I, I was back? in New York. But you know what's really beautiful? I had a, um, I had a FaceTime with her, I think... Oh either the day before or the or two days before she passed and I knew when I saw her I I just knew I knew but it was such a different feeling and I was 
I was just so happy she was out of pain. Mm. You know, I was so, so, so relieved that her she was at rest. Yeah. Because it's been a it's been a long innings, you know. Yeah, it's been a long, 96. long, long innings. Yes, yeah. Was she yeah. in a home or was she? No, my grandma was. She was cooking. She was oh as sharp God, as a legend. whistle. She was, and wow. then she and then she had breathing problems, and and you know she had she'd had uh, blood pressure and like heart issues for a while, and then yeah, it all happened very quickly with my grandma. Yeah. Wow. But she'd been a creaking oh gate for a long time as well, like hip problems, like pain, yeah. just like general aches and pains. And then when it happened, it happened, yeah, it happened very quickly. So she was just at home, 96, that's 96, incredible. yeah, went into hospital with breathing difficulties. And um, and then I, I would say it, wasn't, it would have been like a week and a little bit after when, wow. yeah, when everything happened. So what happened? Um, did you fly back home or you are not able to because of COVID? Well, because of COVID, they couldn't have. So we ha- I'm the only person that's abroad and uh, most people are. My gra- grandma's from Chorley in the northwest, but even the whole family couldn't be at the funeral. So we yeah. all, and we, then we have relatives in Jamaica. So there was about, I would say, there was probably about 12 people at the funeral, which if you know our family is like not even... And then we yeah. were all around the world on Zooms just watching this funeral, which was so weird. Yeah. So, so, so weird. But um, but also also nice, you know, because like, you got to see the family and people you hadn't seen for years. And it was a lovely service. Uh, lovely, a bit awkward as well. Yeah. A bit of an awkward minister, but there you go. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, it was, that was interesting too. It's very 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 different um to my mum's funeral very different not being there in the flesh but also i think really fitting and yeah it was covid they were all wearing masks and yeah i guess it just speaks to the time that we're in yeah i had to attend a zoom funeral um during the first oh no i think it was like the second lockdown and um it was very strange like you said i was so grateful that i could be there and, and be present in a way that I didn't think I was going to be able to. But it was so... I, I don't know what you found. I found the actual funeral really nice. I really enjoyed that. I lit a candle next to my laptop and I felt like I'm present. The mm-hmm. weirdest thing was when it finished and I just pressed yes. close. And then yes. I was like, oh, I'm just in my bedroom and like my kids were watching CBBS and someone else, you know, my husband was like, oh, quick, like, you know, the chips are burning. We need to get the fish fingers out of the oven. And I was like... A minute ago, I was at a funeral. Like, this, it was just so, it was like the transition was so fast. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, that's the heart, that's what I found really unsettling. It's jarring, isn't it? It's mm, really, yes, really jarring. Yeah. I had a couple of um, cousins in Jamaica, and one of them was watching it in bed, but I don't <laughs> think he knew that the camera was on. And so we were just seeing this, like, man who <laughs> was in his boxes, like, just. <laughs> It just looked so bad. And I was so distracted, like, just, like, my eyes kept going to the corner. And he was, like, and then for one part, it looked like he was, like, sleeping. And I was just, like, (laughs) what is happening? And I was texting. I was being so... I was texting my brother being, like, look at... I can't... I'm not going to say the guy's name, but I was, like, look at the guy. (laughs) Look at, like, such and such a person. My brother was, like, what? (laughs) So it was really, really... Yeah. 
again, laughter at the most inappropriate moments. Oh my god, that is so funny. <laughs> only like only of these times would someone be in their boxes watching a funeral and you're able to see them. And he see obviously them didn't know the camera was like he hadn't switched his camera. He off. did not like, know because he was like falling asleep and doing all kinds of things. It was like it was really <laughs> odd. <laughs> Were you thinking like could you hear your grandma like tutting at him or something? <laughs> my grandma would have been so disapproving of that kind of thing. <laughs> my grandma would have been the kind of person on she would have dressed up to go on to Zoom. She wouldn't yeah, even have yeah, liked yeah. to be on Zoom in in, in house clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody then- in their boxes in bed, no way. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? Like what we've what we've had to be, go through and the and and the way that we have adapted, you know, that we have Zoom, that we can do these conversations, we can do these funerals. It's amazing, but it's also yeah, I keep thinking like, you know, about other great like when factories were invented or something and everyone being like, "Oh, you know, like what do we all just have lunch at the same time? Like how does this work? Yeah. Like we're all sort of like having to adapt to everything all the time, being like, oh, I don't really know how this, what the etiquette for this is. It's definitely not in your boxes. You know? No, probably not. not no. Okay. When did you get back to see your family then? Like, and was she buried? Did you like? Did you get? I to still go to haven't the grave? been back. I still um, haven't been I, back. I I go back in. I'll go back for Christmas. Oh, um, of course, of I course, go. Yeah. yeah, I go back for Christmas, and then at Christmas I'll be able to. Um, there's something that new that my brothers and I want to do in terms of my mum was cremated and my, my grandma buried, but we want we want to do something for them so they can be it's even especially in even in memory just together with plaques. Yeah. So we're going to do that, but we want to arrange something for because we're all away at different times. My younger brother is always there, but my older brother is around Europe and is is there because of work so we're we're looking forward to a time when we can be together and and do some traditional things yeah yeah definitely especially after these bizarre last two years like very bizarre yeah and how are you feeling like you said at the beginning like the connection between you know your grandma passing and how different it's been like has it brought up a lot of stuff grief from your mum especially these times where we're you know in a lot and we're not doing our normal lives it's strange uh, the other day I wrote something about it because my as I said before my grandma was was very stoic very just very capable and very tough and you know it was my grandma who phoned me when my mum had died and and oh. and told me I was in London everybody else is is from up north you can probably hear <laughs> I'm from like Lancashire and my grandma phoned me and in my a way that only my grandma could say she was like yeah and uh so you're not gonna find her alive <laughs> <laughs> in my grandma's way and because yeah. I've been raised by this woman I kind of understand it was like okay <laughs> and okay. then so so when I you know, you know and that was that was my grandma's att- I always say that was, was my grandma's attempt at softness my grandma was trying to say you know I just want you to be prepared but you know in her Jamaican way it was like yeah you're not gonna find her alive I was like okay so then yeah it's it's been interesting um just going on and and just just kind of existing as the 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 woman in my family who is left behind mm. and then all of these wonderful things about them that I can, I can continue celebrating in, in myself and, and what they have made possible. 
because they came from Jamaica, both of them, with, with nothing. And my grandma first, and my mum came at, at 14, because my grandma was here a long time before my mum. And just what they did, the, what they mm. sacrificed, the, you know, the, the nights working, I get my, my ethic from them. They, they were both nurses, they both worked night shifts, they both, my mum studied at the same time, they both did all of these, these wonderful things and because of them, I have the freedom to, to say that I'm a writer and, the, mm. you know, I have, I have space and I have a story to tell and then also this sort of rich cultural heritage and that is all because of them. Whatever they did or did not do and whatever mm. I disagreed with at the time and whatever I thought was hard or was difficult and I thought a lot was hard and difficult, I'm not going to lie, but it bestowed me with so much and I'm just, I'm realising more and more all the time that they've given me so so much to work with Mm. so many situations that were very hard that i would not have got through if they hadn't been the role models and i mean so much difficulty that yeah because of them like i could have i could weather and yeah i've got a lot to thank them for (laughs) a lot yeah god it's it's so it's so interesting what you're saying and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to it of you know that experience of being raised by people who have had to go through so much yeah. you know so, like it's it's hard to conceive especially like you know you're, obviously your mum must have gone through so much but for your grandma's generation like mm. to come over here and and what they must have experienced and the, the racism and then working in a country mm-hmm. that's promised so much and then isn't delivering like it's so yeah it's hard to get around how I think again maybe this is what we're talking about about the maturing of like you can't really conceive of a tough life until you've lived a bit more of a life so you kind of have it to compare like when you're younger you're like oh yeah it was hard but you don't you know you just don't know what it means for hard life (laughs) you know because you're like yeah I also don't know what to wear some days so like I get it And it's not to you, like you said, you've been through some real, you know, past some mountains that you're like, oh, I thought that was hard. But when I look at what you went through, yeah, this pales in comparison. So, yeah, it's that toughness, like you said, that, you, that you've inherited. And it's interesting. I wonder, I mean, this is a bit of a like, rhetorical question, but like, do you think you've sort of learned to, what's the word I'm looking for, like you've learned to treasure it a bit more because they're not here whereas if they were still here do you think you might still be railing and like oh they you know they're so tough they don't know or they don't empathize with what I'm going through do you think it softened you in a way to them I I I think it must have done I think about this sometimes and I think I wonder what would the relationship be Mm. Uh, one thing that I think if I'd known everything that was gonna happen if I'd known what, what, let me try and say this right. If I'd known <laughs> these things were going to happen, that happened, I would have asked more questions of my mother. Mm. I would have asked my mum more questions about her life. Even the, the things that were hard to hear, I would, have, I would have asked her. With my grandma, I had a bit longer with her and I got to yeah. ask my grandma some things. Uh, and it's so strange, I found parallels. Some of my behaviour that I thought was so outlandish the women before me have done the same thing (laughs) they just didn't talk about them yeah 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 that was interesting as well to see what repeats 
And I think that's that's important information to have sometimes. So you don't feel so yeah. alone and you don't feel like you're defective or like mm-hmm. you're, you, you're, you're a lost cause or whatever. Things repeat in families and, it, and it's only from talking about them that we know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard to quantify, isn't it? Of like yeah. how powerful that information is. Like I know exactly what you mean because there's been things I found out that I'm like, oh my God, why did no one tell me that? Like that is <laughs> like really useful information. And like you said, like you can see why people don't say things or things are painful or it's so far gone that they haven't no- they haven't noticed the, the, the repetition. I think sometimes it takes that, you know, the next generation to be like, well, no one noticed what's happening here. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, oh no, yeah. you're very different. You're like, no, I think I'm doing the same thing. And I would love to know that I'm not alone in this, like you said, because you, otherwise you do feel like, oh, I'm, I'm broken. I'm crazy. Sure. You know, there's something wrong with me. And then, yeah, when you find out like, oh, <laughs> someone else was like this. Yes. Yeah. It's such a like, you feel like you slot into like your family, don't you? It's like that jigsaw puzzle feeling. You're like, yeah. oh yeah, I am part of something actually. I'm part of this like chain of people. But why is that so important? I don't know why it's so important. I don't know either. I think it's just such a powerful <laughs> thing. It, when you know you belong to something, no matter how far away you go, in the world mm. you there there is some there is some footing there there's something that yeah. grounds you i think and yeah to have been part of, part of a long line of of, of whoever it, it means something even yeah. if it stops with you even if it stops, yeah. stops with you and it's so funny because i when yeah when were people are having that great debate of whether to have children or not and and one of the questions is you know but then it will stop with you and I, I think I'd be fine with that too. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think also my I've had this conversation with my mum of like <laughs> you can only do so much work each generation. So she's like, look, <laughs> you might think you might have your she's like, you've got your complaints with me, but like trust me, I put stop to some things that your granny did to me but of course then I made Uh, some other mistakes you know what I mean so it's like you can only each generation is like I've tidied up this corner of the room it was awful and then the other people like oh my god you should have seen what was here before you it was unbelievable (laughs) (laughs) so it's like you know I find that sort of comforting that because otherwise it's perfection isn't it you can never reach this point where you're like I'm gonna be this perfect parent and and I'll never make any mistakes or you just make different ones but You 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 do learn from I think if you have that knowledge, it's, that's why it's so helpful to to know about what you know your mum's experience, your grandma's experience, to like sort of look back and be like, oh right, yeah, okay. And I think also it's history, isn't it? In times, because yes. I think sometimes I used to judge my grandmother, my father's mother, was quite an interesting character, and I used to judge her quite harshly. But I've I started thinking, God, if I had been born then, mm. <laughs> and I hadn't been given any you know any space any time any respect at all yeah I might have been a bit grumpy (laughs) I might have been a bit of a pain in the ass to be around um and I guess yeah again you get a bit more forgiving don't you about the stuff they that they went through um I was just wondering like have you found I know you write about grief in the book a little bit Mm -hmm. it's not entirely about grief at all it's sort of all-encompassing but have you found yourself since your grandma died like drawn to writing about her i know you wrote that lovely thing on your blog as well about her which i would recommend if you haven't read yes's oh. work that's a lovely place to start because i thought that was a really beautiful piece about 
staying with her and her acting like you were sort of six again you know and you kind yeah. of willingly playing the role of like yeah yeah okay. absolutely it, it's it was always so interesting going back to my grandma's and my grandma being like you know everything even when I was eat, eating a certain diet my grandma would be like go on have a biscuit or have this <laughs> what, do, what do you mean you're vegan you know have this have that and <laughs> it was it, it was just, it's always like it's like stepping into a time capsule just being in the because nothing much has had ever changed in my grandma's house you know Mm. the pictures of jesus the ornaments the willow patterns crockery and there's something oh there's something i have up to now have this soft spot for pyrex dishes and (laughs) willow pattern crockery because it just it's it's just home it's just those formative years and you know bringing things from the from the garden um, that the, that my grandma and granddad had grown and cooking with those, that those things will always be close to my heart. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to ask you as well in terms of faith. So they were very religious. Yes. Have you felt like I don't know what your faith is, but like has that been affected by what you've been through? Or I mean, I grew up knowing the Bible backwards, and like <laughs> I mean, all the way. I. I went to church for years and years, and, and, and this is the kind of church where Bible study was really Bible study. Mm. I mean, like dissertation level um, <laughs> every week, every Saturday, and it was all day. And now it's, I'm, I'm not religious, and but I, the spirituality just doesn't go. There's, yeah. there's a religion to, to a lot of things that I do, down to meditation how I take my walks every single morning, mm. how I clean the house, the kind of things I think about. I still sing hymns when I'm cleaning the house. And there's things that will just never, ever go. And and just a deep appreciation for all the things on this planet. And and I mean, like, just the art of noticing, like, flowers, trees. That's never going to go. And and that's that's gotta be for my grandparents and the mm. the prayer that we would I mean they used to make us pray for hours, but there's something about that that it it, it goes into my work you know it mm. it finds its way in in the diligence in like I'm not diligent with loads of things but like what, what, <laughs> when I am I think it's that I think mm. it's that yeah you can't erase that kind of that kind of dedication. I guess you know like you said I think it's interesting you're saying like you know that that level of spirituality you know yeah you can remove yourself from an institution or you cannot spend all Saturday reading the bible which you know <laughs> like must be nice to have a break from the Saturdays yeah. of doing that <laughs> I mean, that sounds yeah. really intense but you can't yeah you can't take I mean it sounds stupid but it's almost like you can you know take the girl out of trolley but you can't take, it's like it's, it's, it's innate true. isn't it yeah it's true my when when I when I was eight I found out that not to get into another person because I know we're, we're finishing but when I was eight I, I found out that my dad died and I'd never met him he was in Nigeria my mum came home and told me one day and my granddad just put his hand on my shoulder as he was leaving the room and he just went oh well girl you can't miss what you never had and of course, that's not strictly true, but <laughs> no. that philosophy that my grandparents mm. kind of had was come up, like, well, it's kind of stuck with me my whole life, yeah. the way that they would see something very difficult and be like, well, and, and we have to carry on. Yeah. And, and it's kind of how, how I view, viewed it when my grandma had died. It's kind of, it's kind of really in a strange way 
because it's not always useful, but it's kind of helped me through some very difficult moments of my life. Yeah, I can relate. My mum's side are Cockney, Essex, like working class, and they are very like, well, there you go. What are you going to do? I was, I was, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. And it's like, yeah, well, then maybe you'll cry. And, um, and I know... As I've got older, I've suddenly, I, I, this is again that attitude of thinking, hmm, that, how healthy is that attitude? But, <laughs> but I really appreciate that I had it because mm. I definitely have noticed, like, I don't know if you've had this of like, sometimes I'll see a peer or a friend in a situation where they're like, oh my goodness. And I think, yeah, you just go again with it. And that kind of toughness, that real, yeah. which sometimes I can see people like, oh, that's quite cold and tough. And you're like, yeah it is but also get over it and get on with it like brush yourself down come on let's do it and I think it's about it's about sort of yeah making sure that it's not your entire philosophy I suppose isn't it like there could be a danger to it being like you wed yourself to it and then like you forget sometimes actually I I need to be decadent or celebrate or breathe but there's definitely a kind of like it's not always the worst thing in the world to just go yeah oh well Come on. I think it's yeah, it's about having both, you know. Yeah. I think it's about having both and and some things some things you don't take too seriously, even yeah. when they are serious. And then sometimes <laughs> you let yourself cry and you let yourself break down. And I think I think health is is is, is sort of bouncing between them. Um, yes. and then and then you find your medium. You yeah. find your space. Definitely and I and I think that's thing of like you know the old my definitely my grandparents' generation there was no bouncing there was all get over it get yeah. over it what do you want what do you want a badge get over it and and that's what I mean about like this the, as the generations go by you could be like yeah but also time for crying uh, but also we're allowed to like have a day we don't feel great so yeah I think that's that's super important um, yeah so thank you so much for talking thank to you. me this has it been was wonderful. so. Oh, it was so lovely. It was so, so lovely. And um, yeah, the book is beautiful. And it does, as you know, it does talk about grief. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> there's, there's stuff on death. Listeners, you'll, you can still enjoy it. Um, yeah, thank you very much for remembering Marcia and Adina. Thank, thank you. you. You can follow Yersa on Twitter at Yersa Daily Ward. That's Y-R-S-A-D-A-L-E-Y. W-A-R-D and her book The How Notes on the Great Work of Meeting Yourself is out now and it's absolutely brilliant. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast. The show was recorded remotely uh, me in London, Yessa in New York. It was edited by Kate Holland. Music was provided by the Glue Ensemble and this is the last episode of this season. Thank you so much for listening, especially if you listen all the way to the end. This is a special, special thank you for those people who do that. Um, hi, hope you're okay. hope Christmas goes okay. Or if you're celebrating it or not celebrating it, I just hope it's as bearable as is possible in these situations. And thank you for being so brilliant. You are not alone. <laughs>